Hail and welcome to A is for Agrimony. I am your host, Margot, and I live in a town that has such abysmal internet and Wi-Fi reception that everyone who works online on a regular basis must be either in a constant state of rage or heavily medicated. But we're going to get through it. We're getting through it. It's going to be fine. Okay, so... As a reminder, this is my last episode before my second quarterly break of the year, so there will be no episode next week, but I hope to be able to share some of my downtime and goings-ons on socials as I will be mostly, you know, relaxing at home. That's boring. You don't want to know about that. Uh, Finishing up some long-standing projects, celebrating my anniversary, and then volunteering at Beard Fest in New Jersey. This is a three-day celebration of creative expression, uh, and that includes lots of excellent live music performed on two separate stages, education, wellness, and skill sharing workshops, swimming in the lake, camping under the stars, amazing vendors, delicious food, community art creation, and much more. And it's all happening in the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. Uh, I am very excited to say the least. And in between having quite a bit to plan for the week off coming up, uh, my preparation for this episode has been a little on the casual side. Instead of my usual list of meticulous notes, uh, I'm a little bit all over the place here with some pages from my personal grimoire, some less than meticulous notes, and a bunch of possible spells, recipes, and or tarot bits that I might share depending on how I feel as we go along. So... (laughs) I'll probably be doing a lot more editing of this episode as a result, but uh, this is where my heart was today, so let's do this. I think we'll be just fine. I think we'll be fine. Wink, wink. Okay, so happy Friday, happy weekend, and soon to be happy new moon in Gemini. Uh, This Gemini new moon will be occurring at precisely 12.37 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, and that's just as the... That's just as the dude said. That's just as the new day dawns and shortly before the moon enters cancer. So depending upon which time zone you're living in, you may be celebrating the new moon in cancer. However, I'm going to be discussing Gemini today, but next month uh, the new moon will definitely be firmly placed in cancer and I will get to that then. So the new moon in Gemini. This upcoming new moon will mark the beginning of a fresh lunar cycle, as they do. New moons present us with a clean slate each month, offering an opportunity to start anew, embrace new beginnings, and sow the seeds for future endeavors. Also, it is preceded by, or happening simultaneously with, depending upon which belief you subscribe to, the dark moon, and that is always a good time for a little darkness if you're feeling called to it. No judgment here, friends. In the lead-up to a new moon, the universe may subtly, or at times dramatically, grab our attention, prompting us to revitalize or refresh various aspects of our lives. We might find ourselves focusing on what no longer serves us, or experiencing a growing sense of inspiration and excitement around new ideas or ventures. When the new moon reaches its peak on June 18th, the cosmic energies become conducive to setting intentions and taking action on the newfound inspirations that have come our way. New moons are widely regarded as potent moments to manifest our desires and communicate with the universe what we wish to attract. 
remember, I'm, I'm using the word universe, but this could also mean to any of you, God or source or whatever else you ascribe to the powers that be. However, beneath the surface of this new moon lies the veil of uncertainty that may obscure our judgment. Neptune, the planet associated with illusions, dreams, and spiritual love, exerts a strong influence during this lunar phase, potentially distorting our perceptions if we're not careful. It is crucial to exercise discernment and strive for alignment with truth when Neptune is involved. Despite Neptune's propensity for creating confusion, it also bestows a profound spiritual gift, however. By shrouding our external world, Neptune encourages introspection. When our immediate surroundings become hazy, we must rely on our inner discernment, taking one step at a time and heeding the voice of our intuition as our guide. Neptune prompts us to trust ourselves, urging us to attentively listen to our inner voice when making decisions about the next steps in our lives. Furthermore, Neptune's association with spiritual love suggests that if we struggle to hear our intuition or trust ourselves, cultivating self-love is a vital starting point. Allow the exquisite vibrations of Neptune to permeate your soul, enveloping you in divine love. Let these vibrations infuse and open your heart to the love that resides within you and surrounds you. Remind yourself of how deeply loved you are and then take actions that enable you to feel that love emanating through your being. Love can be a potent tonic, particularly in the presence of Neptune. Additionally, Pluto, the planet of transformation, also will be imparting its energy to this new moon, offering assistance in any necessary changes or transformations, especially with relationships. Right before the Gemini new moon reaches its zenith, Saturn begins its retrograde motion, descending into the depths of the underworld for the first time since entering Pisces. Saturn retrograde coinciding with the new moon intensifies its energy, making it another formidable force with which we will be working. They're just all coming at us right now. Saturn is widely regarded as the master teacher and the lord of consequences. As it journeys retrograde, it brings forth lessons, lessons of destiny, fortune, and retribution that require revision or introspection since March 2023. So as you can see, the June new moon is marked by significant celestial activity. Despite its multifaceted influence, the overall essence of this new moon is expansive and purifying to the soul. While it may lead us to profound realizations, it does so to broaden our awareness, nurture our soul, and empower us to embark on meaningful new beginnings in our lives. Gemini, as you know, is governed by the twins and reminds us of the duality within ourselves. We require connection with both our ego and our soul in this human experience, sometimes referred to as our mortal self and our immortal self. Achieving harmony between these aspects is essential for navigating the earthly realm. As we are spiritual beings experiencing a corporeal existence. So during the Gemini new moon, revisit this concept of balance between the two sides of your being. Explore how you can strike a harmonious equilibrium between your ego-driven, logical human side and the intuitive whispers of your soul. 
By bringing balance to both messages, you can navigate your life with greater clarity and alignment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what is happening next Wednesday. Let's talk about summer solstice, midsummer, Letha, Estival Festival. Oh, I like the way that sounds. And about those names, summer solstice, midsummer, Letha, what's the difference between all of these? Well, we know that the solstices and the equinoxes are derived from Latin and have historical and cultural origins. Summer solstice, the term solstice, comes from the Latin word sol for sun and sister to stand still. It refers to the point in the year when the sun appears to reach its highest and lowest point in the sky at noon. The summer solstice marks the longest day of the year in the northern hemisphere and typically occurs around June 21st, whereas the winter solstice signifies the shortest day of the year and the longest night of the year in the northern hemisphere, and it also derives from Latin words sol to mean sun and sister to stand still. The term midsummer, however, can be a bit misleading as it refers to the beginning of summer rather than the middle. The name Midsummer is primarily rooted in cultural and historical traditions rather than an accurate description of the season's midpoint. The designation of Midsummer can be tracked back to ancient European folklore and celebrations. In many cultures, particularly in northern European countries, the summer solstice was a significant event marked by festivities, rituals, and bonfires. These celebrations often took place around June 21st, the date of the summer solstice, which is also known as the longest day of the year. The name Midsummer emerged because the summer solstice roughly marks the middle point of the growing season and the time when the days start to become shorter. It represents the peak of summer and the height of the sun's power. The term became ingrained in cultural traditions, including folk tales, music, dances, and community celebrations. It's important to note that the use of midsummer may vary across different regions and cultural contexts. In some places, the term midsummer is still widely used to refer to the summer solstice celebrations, while in others, it may have shifted to other names like summer solstice, or localized designations. And also, we want to keep in mind that early agricultural peoples such as the Celts mostly only split the year into two seasons, summer and winter. So when we look at celebrations like Beltane that speak of the beginnings of the warmer months, when summer solstice comes along, it does in fact feel very much like the middle of that time period that has already begun, much in the same way that Samhain is sometimes considered the beginning of winter for cultures where we really only look at the way agriculture is affected and we look at the months that it is time to plant and sow and grow and harvest and store away for the winter and the months of rest and darkness and hopefully getting through the cold months with enough food from the harvest that was stored. Now, as far as Letha goes, the term Letha is commonly used in modern pagan and Wiccan traditions to refer to the summer solstice, which typically falls around June 21st in the Northern Hemisphere, as we've said. However, it's important to note that the term Letha itself is a relatively recent creation within the context of contemporary paganism. The origin of the name Letha is attributed to the influential English writer Gerald Gardner, who is often regarded as the founder of modern Wicca. 
Gardner introduced the name Letha in his books, particularly The Meaning of Witchcraft, published in 1959. It's believed that Gardner derived the term from ancient Anglo-Saxon and Old English sources, drawing inspiration from the Old English word Lita, which means gentle or mild. Gardner likely chose this name to represent the height of summer and the warm, gentle nature of the season. And it's important to recognize that while the name Letha is not historically ancient, the celebration of the summer solstice itself has deep roots in various cultures and civilizations throughout history. Many different names and traditions have been associated with the summer solstice across different cultures, such as Midsummer, Albanhefen, or St. John's Day. Modern, pagan, and Wiccan practices draw inspiration from these ancient celebrations while also incorporating contemporary interpretations and innovations. But there are a lot of different ways to look at the summer solstice and a lot of ways that the summer solstice has been celebrated the world over, uh, especially from ancient times until now. This actually makes it differ from the other fire festivals that are included in the eight holidays during the wheel of the year. So we have four of the holidays that represent the equinoxes and the solstices. These are things that happen all throughout the world, no matter what kind of cultural background there might be because of the seasonal changes. So the summer solstice is definitely something that we trace back to ancient times and then we can trace around the planet as far as how it's celebrated and by whom and when. So the summer solstice has been celebrated since ancient times, often with rituals and festivals that were deeply rooted in the cultures and beliefs of different civilizations. Here are a few examples of how it's been celebrated throughout ancient times. In ancient Egypt, the summer solstice was associated with the Nile River and its crucial role in providing fertile land for agriculture. The festival of the arrival of the Nile was celebrated where people gathered to offer prayers and make offerings to the gods for a bountiful harvest. This event marked the beginning of the agricultural season. In ancient Greece, the summer solstice was celebrated as a religious festival called Cronia, dedicated to the god Cronus. During this time, social classes were temporarily set aside and slaves were allowed to celebrate alongside the free citizens. Festivities included feasts, games, music, and dance. The Romans celebrated summer solstice with the festival of Vestalia, honoring the goddess Vesta, guardian of the hearth and home. Priestesses, known as Vestal Virgins, performed rituals and ceremonies at the Temple of Vesta. The celebration involved lighting bonfires, processions, and feasting. In ancient China, the summer solstice was associated with the concept of yin and yang, the balance of opposing forces. The festival was called Duanwu, or Dragon Boat Festival, marked by dragon boat races, eating rice dumplings known as Zongzi, and hanging up herbs and plants believed to ward off evil spirits. The Celtic people, particularly the Druids, held significant reverence for the summer solstice. They celebrated with bonfires, dancing, and rituals to honor the sun god and seek blessings for a fruitful harvest. Stone circles, such as Stonehenge, were believed to have been used for solstice ceremonies. Many Native American tribes held ceremonies and rituals to honor the summer solstice. For example, the ancestral Puebloans in what is now the southwestern United States built structures like Chaco Canyon's Sun Dagger, which marked the solstice's arrival with light and shadow alignments. 
These are just a few examples of how the summer solstice was celebrated in ancient times. These celebrations were deeply intertwined with the cultures, beliefs, and agricultural cycles of civilizations, acknowledging the power and the significance of the sun during the peak of summer. So how is the summer solstice celebrated all over the world now? Well, back to Stonehenge again. One of the most famous celebrations still takes place there, where thousands of people gather to witness the sunrise on the summer solstice. Druids and other modern pagan groups perform rituals and ceremonies to welcome the longest day of the year. In Scandinavian countries like Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, the summer solstice is celebrated with festivals known as Midsommar or Midsummer. People gather around maypoles adorned with flowers, dance, uh, sing traditional songs, and enjoy feasts with local delicacies. It's a time for community gatherings and the celebration of nature. Various Native American tribes in North America hold ceremonies and rituals to honor the summer solstice. For instance, the Sioux perform the sun dance, a ritual that involves fasting, prayer, and dancing to connect with the sun's energy and seek spiritual renewal. In Brazil, particularly the city of Rio de Janeiro, the summer solstice coincides with the Festa Junina, June Festival, a vibrant celebration of traditional folklore. People dress up in colorful costumes, dance quadrillas, which are folk dances, indulge in typical foods like corn, and enjoy bonfires and fireworks. In Latvia, the summer solstice is celebrated as Johnny with joyous festivities. People gather in the countryside wearing wreaths made of flowers and herbs and participate in traditional folk dances, singing, and jumping over bonfires. It is believed that jumping over the bonfire purifies and brings good luck. In Argentina, the summer solstice is celebrated in the town of San Juan with the Fiesta de la Noche de San Juan, or the Feast of St. John's Night. Bonfires are lit and people gather on the beaches to welcome the arrival of summer with music, dancing, and fireworks. These are just a small few ways that people honor and celebrate the summer solstice worldwide. Each culture and region brings its unique traditions and customs to honor this special time of year, marked by the sun's peak power and the abundance of light and warmth. I am fire. I am sun. I am the warmth, the light, the seed, and the will. I am water. I am moon. I am the blood, the food, the womb, and the intention. By our powers combined, by moon and by sun, by water and fire, what we will will be one. We are bound together, together forever. Our love remains through dark and light. May love transform us day and night. On June 21st, the first day of summer in 2008, I married my husband on this, the longest day of the year, surrounded by loved ones on the beach of Stone Harbor. We exchanged our promises while blessed with beautiful summer weather save for one loud thunderclap at the completion of the ceremony. We took that as divine applause <laughs> and a blessing. The summer solstice is the day that the sun reaches its greatest strength, conquering the night, 
From here, however, it will diminish until the day and night are once again equal at the autumn equinox. And eventually, night conquers over day at Yule, on the opposite side of the Wheel of the Year. For those who follow the Wheel of the Year and mark either the first official day of summer or the time in their region where summer truly arrives by evidence shown in land and sky, the cycles of the year are personified by the god as the sun and sometimes the sky and the goddess as earth and sometimes the moon. Reflecting the sun's cycle, the god has reached his peak in virility, and so it is the power of nature at its height. Similarly, the goddess has become impregnated and has transformed into the fertile and fruitful earth. As the great earth mother, she flourishes under the strength and love of the sun god's great energy. This is a time of marriage, great merriment, and celebration, as June is named for Juno the goddess of marriage. On our 10th anniversary, we spent a week on a Grenadian beach in the Caribbean Sea. And I was very much aware of the harmonious balance between water and fire, the celebration's sacred elements. In recognition of these sacred elements, it's customary to build a bonfire or burn some candles if you can't, and offerings tossed in it or have some dancing around it as well as take part in pilgrimages to sacred wells or springs or special bodies of water and plunge oneself inside as a ritual of cleansing, renewal, and transformation. The bonfires rage as the god's power thrives and water transforms as the goddess changes into the fruitful and fertile earth that we see during summer. Floating candles or summer stormwater infused with fiery energy of lightning are great fire and water element representations for your altar, among other things. Other celebratory activities include feasting, drinking, especially mead, and being outside. Spell work for protection, transformation, fertility, prosperity, abundance, youth, health, and vitality fairy offerings, sun rituals, an increase of every kind, fire and or water rituals, hand fastings, divination, and honoring the mother goddess are all a part of the summer solstice celebrations. Perhaps the most joyous time of the year for many modern pagans, the solstice is dedicated to the sun at its brightest and warmest zenith of the entire year. More modern observations attribute the sun's vitality to the oak king, the god born at midwinter, who grows during the waxing year to reach his prime at midsummer. As modern beliefs go, the oak king is usurped and replaced by the holly king, who oversees the remaining waning year. Other versions suggest that the oak king undergoes an initiatory rite, which transforms him into the judicious and contemplative holly king. Unlike the god, the goddess transcends all manner of death, yet wears many faces. During midsummer, she is sensuous and full of fervor for life. Together, the god and goddess balance each other, the goddess embodying the cool, refreshing element of water, the god representing the passionate spark of life in fiery warmth and light. Uh, that is basically a couple ways to look at the Sabbath from the point of view of someone who celebrates the wheel of the year, 
So having said all that, let's go over some common correspondences for summer associated with traditional Western occult practices. <laughs> that was my dog trying to go up the steps. <laughs> I'm not going to stop and re-record this. This is going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. All right. So some correspondences for summer. The elements, as we've already discussed, are fire and water. The direction is south. Some celebrations that take place during summer, although we are specifically talking about the summer solstice right now, also include Lamas or Lunasa, which takes place on August 1st, which is actually during the dog days of summer. I will get to that and discuss it as we move further into it. Within summer, we typically have the June full moon, which goes by many names, the honeymoon, the strawberry moon, the, the other names that I forgot, uh, the July stag moon, the August wine moon, and sometimes the September harvest moon. Botanicals associated with summer are aloe, bramble, calendula, or calendula, however you decide you want to say it. I don't know which one's right. Dill, fennel, heliotrope, Honeysuckle, jasmine, lemon balm, lemongrass, marjoram, raspberry, saffron, strawberry, sunflower. Animals include the bee, the beetle, the bull, the cicada, the crab, the dragon, the dragonfly, the hippo, the hummingbird. A lot of hummingbird talk lately. I still have yet to see one. Ibis, lion, octopus, parrot, rooster, serpent, thunderbird, and turtle. Magical beings and deities include Amun, Apollo, Bastet, Cernunos, the Green Man, Hathor, Helios, Horus, Juno, Krishna, Kuan Yin, Lakshmi, Mithras, Poseidon, Ra, Sekhmet, Sunna, and Vesta. Uh, and back to that one particular that I wanted to go over, actually. Okay. He's holding my breath. He made it down the steps. He's an old dog. Sometimes he struggles. And every time he goes up and down the steps, I hold my breath. I have no interest in uh, forcing him to, to not be mobile because body in motion stays in motion, but man, he does not know that he should be resting. Okay. Anyway, so <clears throat> one very prolific symbol of summer that is very familiar to most practicing pagans and witches is the green man. The green man exists as an extension of a pre-Christian pagan past. Interestingly, his greatest surviving legacy can be found in medieval and early Renaissance architecture, particularly in and on European cathedrals. Many theories of his origins continue to circulate, ranging from ancient Celtic ancestral veneration, cult worship of the head as the seat of the soul, to the Middle English poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, circa 14th century. Among many themes, the poem presents the enduring struggle of man against nature first to overcome animalistic drives, then to survive the violence of an indifferent natural world. Other interpretations suggest the Christian crusade to suppress pagan concepts of rebirth and humankind's direct connection to nature. The green man personifies nature in human form, 
a union of the two. While we may never fully understand his historical origin or purpose, today, the green man is an emblem of the environmental guardian. From nature, we emerged, observing its veiled treasures, ensuring our survival and prosperity. Our fate is forever secured to nature's preservation. And boy, is that not more evident than ever than it is right now with the amount of forest fires that we've been seeing. I mean, come on. If you're not convinced yet, I don't think you ever will be. Anyway, those are some common correspondences for the season of summer itself. Um, But where the summer solstice is concerned, there are some other correspondences, some that kind of overlap with these and some others that are quite different or more specific. Colors, for example, include gold, green, orange, red, white, yellow, and silver. Herbs, trees, flowers, and botanicals include cinnamon, foxglove, mistletoe, mugwort, rosemary, St. John's wort, vervain, yarrow, elder, oak, hazel, rowan, chamomile, daisy, heather, lavender, marigold, meadowsweet, and rose. Crystal stones and or minerals include carnelian, citrine, diamond, emerald, jade, peridot, tiger eye. Uh, And then uh, for animals, we have bees, the bull, butterflies, the cow, hawks, eagles, horse, swallows, wrens, and other summer birds. Tarot cards associated with the summer solstice include the empress, the emperor, the sun, and strength. And symbols of the summer solstice include bonfires, cauldrons, fairies, rosettes, roses, sunflowers, sacred wells, the solar cross or sun wheel, spinning wheels, spirals, and wands. Moving along, uh, I was thinking about sharing some spells and some recipes to go along with the summer solstice. And one of the ones that really stood out to me was the fire power spell. So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you. This fire power spell is to celebrate fire in all its glory when you can't dance around a bonfire. It's not something that everybody can do. So this is best performed at dusk or after dark. You will need a medium-sized cauldron or fire-safe bowl, sand or some salt, seven ritual chime candles. You know, those little skinny ones, those cute little four-inch candles that burn out nice and fast. You can even use birthday candles because if you, you know, don't have a lot of time to spend or if you don't want to leave it unattended, those are, those are great. Those are great for a good spell with a limited of time to dedicate. Uh, you want to collect these candles in red, orange, and yellow if possible. You'll also need four pieces of ribbon in red or orange that are long enough to tie around your wrists and ankles. So begin by placing your cauldron on the ground or the floor or on a low altar that you can circle or dance around. Fill the vessel with sand or salt about three quarters full. 
You want to be able to bury partially these candles so that they stand upright in the sand or salt. So then you want to insert the seven candles so that they can stand secured in place. Place the four pieces of ribbon in front of the cauldron, and as the sun is setting, or when it's almost ready to set, say, It is midsummer. The sun is filled with power and energy. Now you want to light the candles, and as you light each one, say, Midsummer sun, share your power with me. Repeat this as you light each of the seven candles. Once every candle is lit, gaze into their brightness and feel their warmth like the warmth of the sun. Envision a huge bonfire surrounded by dancing witches. When you're ready, take up the ribbons and holding them up high above the flames in both hands, say, Into these ribbons I call the energy of the flame. Into these ribbons I call the power of the sun. Tie one ribbon around each ankle and each wrist feeling the energy and power moving into you. Let it move you to dance or move around the flames, taking in even more energy. And when you're finished, no matter how long this takes, when you're finished, say, I thank you, flames, for all you have given me. Your fire and your light are a gift that is truly appreciated. I thank you, midsummer sun, for the power and the energy you bring to the earth. Now shared with me, and truly appreciated. Snuff out the candles and wear the ribbons or carry them with you whenever you are in need of a boost of empowering solar energy. Now that spell I actually found in the Llewellyn's Sabbath Almanac. I do not recall which year, but I will be listing all of my references. So if you need to get a copy of it for yourself, you can do so. I'm also going to be transcribing a lot of the episodes, spells, and correspondences onto the website during my break. That is a thing that I have not been able to make time for, and I will finally have time for it. That's one of the things I'll be doing is really beefing up that website. Uh, so you can find it there as well. Some other fun activities I wanted to include have to do with solstice herb crafting. Herb crafting in summer is a very easy and relevant activity because not only is your garden bursting with all of these amazing plants and flowers and herbs, but they're also very, very simple to find wherever you go. You know, if you go to the grocery store or if you go to the hardware store, you're going to see tons of plants and herbs that you might be able to, you know, scoop up, stick in your garden or use for crafting. So I have a few crafts here that are fun to do around the summer solstice. One is a love sachet to draw love into your life. For this, you will need a square of cloth, about three inches by three inches in pink or yellow for summer, um, a needle and thread, some rose petals, lavender buds, and a small piece of a rose quartz or an amethyst. You will make or charge this sachet under the noon sun if possible. Sew the herbs and crystals into the cloth in any style that you choose and then ask the goddess or the god or whatever deity that you work with or a love spirit if you want to work with one to help it attract love into your life. Leave the sachet in the sun for a day and then carry it or wear it until love finds you. Another fun craft, almost in the same vein as far as a sachet or a pillow goes, because it's a pillow, um, is a prophetic dreams pillow to help you find answers in your sleep. 
you will need a small drawstring bag or a small piece of cloth and a needle and thread, a piece of paper and a pen, some lavender flowers, some mugwort, and some chamomile flowers. On the piece of paper, you are going to write a question or situation needing clarification and sew that into the cloth or bag with herbs. Think about the question or issue, holding it in your hands, and then tuck it under your pillow. You can invite spirit to help by also leaving a bowl of water, and you can add some Florida water in there if you want to add a little extra protection to that. That's up to you. Um, and put that on your nightstand. It tends to attract a little bit more activity or messages from spirit in your sleep. Um, and that is two little fun herb crafting activities that you can do around the summer solstice or anytime during summer or really whenever. But it's just extra fun to do it this time of year when everything is growing and the earth is giving you all these gifts to work with. So that is it for the spells that I wanted to share. I am going to finish up with a little bit of talk about tarot. So I use the Witch's Date book by Llewellyn. I've been using it for many years. A couple years I have gone to other books to see how I feel about them. And I usually end up coming back to this one. I just really like it that it's packed with all kinds of extra fun information. And one year, I believe it was last year. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before. They went ahead and did in a, a correspondence tarot card with every celebration in the wheel of the year. And it was really, really cool and enlightening. I loved it. I loved it so much that I basically copied it all down into my own personal grimoire in my tarot section because tarot and witchcraft for me are very, very intertwined. So I want to read Midsummer and the Sun card. We celebrate the glory of the god at his peak strength and the fertile goddess's promise of abundance. Although the goddess is, as always, important, this holiday focuses on the sun and consequently on the god. So the connection to the sun tarot card is an obvious one. The young child on a white horse, as shown in many traditional tarot cards, specifically the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot, symbolizes innocence, openness, and power. The red banner swirling from the sky to the earth reminds us that we are connected to the same vital life force that fuels all life, both physical and spiritual. Letha and the Sun card are both relatively simple, especially compared to the other holidays and their cards. The first fruits of summer are ripening. The atmosphere is languid but expectant. Meditate on the sun to enhance enjoyment of the sweetness of nature and a foreshadowing of the rich abundance to come. Relish the beauty and delight all around. The sun is warm, the fruit is sweet, and no one is in a rush. Everyday moments are dripping with pleasure. There is a feeling of success and accomplishment without stress or strife. Life is good simply because it is good. I love that. All right. So one last thing. Now we're on a, now that we're on a tarot kick, I do want to provide you with a tarot sun spread for the summer solstice. I will create, this time I'm actually going to do it because I've said it in the past and then forgotten. And trust me, I feel like a dick about it and I apologize, but this time I'm going to do it. I'm going to create a image to help you kind of see how this spread is supposed to lay out, but I'm also going to try my best to describe it. And this one's somewhat simple. You're going to lay your card, your first card. So this tarot spread is a six card spread in a circle. Your number one card is going to be at the bottom center, 
six o'clock on a clock. And then from there, you're going to go around clockwise. So two, I guess, would be eight o'clock. Three would be 10 o'clock. Four would be noon. Five would be two. And six would be four. So you're going one and then around clockwise. So your first card, number one, you or the person you are reading for. Number two, the situation or your question at hand. Number three, the obstacles that stand in your way. Number four, possible solutions to those obstacles. Number five, guidance or suggestions to give you direction. And finally, number six is your future outcome, what it's going to look like, or how it will affect your life. Focus on the question or situation while shuffling your deck, spread the cards, and then turn them over one by one in the designated order. And I'd love to see or hear about some of your results with that spread. Um, You can look for the post when I uh, share that image in the comments. You can share it on the Patreon. You can just, you know, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you all. So finally, before I leave you, I have one last treat. I have a cocktail recipe also associated with the sun tarot card, and it is from Tarot and Tequila and Other Spirits by David A. Ross. So this one, particularly associated with the sun, I will read for you the mystical pairing. The sun is a welcome sight. After a long night racked with fear and insecurities, you embrace the warmth on your face as you would give your child a hug. Having chased away the darkness and watching it evaporate into the corners, you can finally rejoice. Light attracts light. Use this sunny drink to fill your soul with joy, optimism, and new welcoming friendships. Say yes to opportunities both near and far and old and new. Celebrate the start of a brand new day. Who says you can't drink tequila in the morning? (laughs) Actually, I think that might be up for discussion, but uh, to continue, put down that tired mimosa and try this, a drink as vibrant as your potential. So the sun cocktail, you will need one ounce of silver tequila, two ounces of mango nectar, a half a lime juiced, four ounces of Prosecco or sparkling wine, and one basil leaf for garnish. Add the tequila, mango nectar, and lime juice into a shaker filled with ice. Shake and strain into a wine glass without ice. Top with the sparkling wine. Garnish <laughs> Garnish with a spanked basil leaf. Okay, it says clap the basil leaf between your hands to release its aromatics. I have never, ever heard of the terminology spanked basil leaf, Um, but it is simply clapping it in between your hands to release the aromatics, which makes a lot of sense. I just can't stop laughing because I'm extremely immature about adding a spanked basil leaf to your cocktail. Okay, that is all that I have for you today. I'm going to let you go and I'm going to go spank some basil. So I hope you have an amazing weekend. Be well and have an amazing weekend. (laughs) Okay, that is all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A is for Agrimony, coffee-stained notes on witchcraft. If you like what you've been hearing, please drop me a review wherever you listen. If you want some more content, please go to www.aisforagrimony.com where you can find my blog, episode archive, spells and rituals, 
and soon to come, The Coven Shop. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore is underscore for underscore agrimony. That's an underscore in between every word. Or like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash a is for agrimony. Want to contact me? Shoot an email to reachmargo at a is for agrimony.com. And if you're interested in some exclusive bonus content, you can join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a is for agrimony, where I share early release, unedited video format episodes, weekly collective card readings, monthly spells, and much more. You're also welcome to send me some snail mail, if you're that kind of person, to P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, zip code 08003. I'd love a good surprise. or not. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Be well and have an amazing weekend.